Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to start a self-healing journey, build healthy habits, and create a life you love. If you haven't already, click the follow button and leave a review. Also, check out my website, habitsyoulove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. It is October, and all this month, we are doing stories related to breaking up with toxic, letting go of toxic habits, patterns, behaviors. I have some amazing interviews with some ladies coming this month. Two of them are about leaving a toxic relationship. I already shared my story about leaving a toxic relationship. So basically the month of October is all about leaving toxicity behind no matter how you want to portray that no matter what that means to you it could be as simple as toxic friends toxic co-workers the toxic work environment a relationship anything of the sort there is absolutely no room or energy for toxicity in our lives. That is the theme going on all this month. So today, again, is no different. I'm going to be talking about how to break toxic habits for good. So let's jump right in to the episode. I mean, I don't know if you are like me, but have you ever gotten to a point in your life and you look back and you are wondering why you've made certain choices that you have made. Why did you buy that car? Why did you choose that partner that you are now married to with kids? Why do you have the job you have? Why do you live where you live, right? So many life decisions and choices you have made up until this point, and do you really know how you got there, right? So when we start to look at all of our life choices, no matter how big or small, we might realize that we don't have much of a clue as to how we got where we are. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this because there is a reason it is on purpose. It was not by accident. And the best part is you can actually start to make decisions on purpose and start to steer your life in the direction you actually want to go. So you have two minds, okay? You have two minds. I don't know if you're aware of this. I was not aware of this for a very long time up until recently in my life, but you have two minds, a subconscious mind and a conscious mind. The conscious mind is basically whatever you are doing in the current moment, your conscious mind is aware of. So what you are feeling, what you are literally doing, what you are seeing with your eyes, what you are touching, what you're experiencing, if you are conscious of it or aware of it, this is your conscious mind at work. These are basically your five senses, right? Anything you could taste, touch, smell, see, or hear. So that is your conscious mind. Consciousness does not involve stored information. It is what is happening right now. It involves thinking and making decisions, and it's easy to control your conscious mind because you are able to use it to make choices. So say it's cold outside, you put a jacket on. If you're hungry, you eat. All of these things have 
have to do with your subconscious mind and things you are doing that you are aware of. On the other hand, your other mind, your subconscious mind is always working in the background of your life. And it's actually responsible for controlling about 95% of your life. How crazy is that? Something that's running in the background of our lives that we are barely aware of controls 95% of our lives, but we aren't necessarily always aware of it. Your subconscious mind contains all of the stored information of everything you have ever experienced. That sounds like a lot of responsibility, right? (laughs) So your subconscious mind has a lot to do. It has to store all your memories and everything you've experienced. So because of this, it influences how you react to things, such as why you are shy, why you are lazy, why you might eat too much, why you have an addiction, right? So these are all things that you're not consciously aware of all day that you're shy or you're lazy, right? So it's different than the subconscious mind. But on the positive side, also your subconscious mind also affects things like why you might be more successful than others, why you are confident, why you're a happy person, why you're motivated, or why you're hopeful, and so on. So if you want to change any sort of behavior, any sort of habits that you do not like in your life right now, the key is using your consciousness to positively influence your subconscious thoughts. When you learn to do this, merging those two together, it's such a powerful tool, and that is what we are going to learn about how to do today. So I love this example of your subconscious mind. I have actually been using this example to try to rewrite my subconscious and it's actually worked very well for me. I'm a very visual person and I like to have visual examples of what I could do in real time. So it helps me to really see, you know, in my mind what I'm doing when I'm doing it. So this is the example that I want to give about how the subconscious mind gets programmed. So think of a thermostat stat in your house. Mostly everyone has a thermostat in their house these days. A thermostat is set at a certain temperature, right? You set the thermostat, say you want it at 70 degrees at all times. And if anyone touches it in the house, you're probably going to complain. If someone turns it down, it's going to be too cold. If someone turns it up, it's going to be too hot. So if a window is open in your house, the brain of the thermostat automatically recognizes it and it starts to work to change it back to the original setting. So it sends a signal to the air that it needs to be turned back on, right? So every time you maybe are sitting in your house and you can hear the air come back on, that's because it knows that it got a little too cold or a little too hot and now it needs to adjust. The brain has a very similar automatic response to stimulation. As children, we are programmed and conditioned to have beliefs in each area of our lives. So love, money, relationships, communication, religion, spiritual, anything of the sort. Furthermore, the first seven years of your life are spent downloading information. During these seven years, the brain is in a mode called theta mode. This is where we learn how to respond to life, how to behave, and how to form knowledge regarding who we are as individuals. Now, all of this is subconscious and absolutely no thought goes into this. I mean, can you remember yourself as a five-year-old and being like, why do I have these feelings about this girl that I see that I think is cute? You know, like we don't put any thought. We don't, if anything comes into our mind, we're just like, oh, okay, there, there it goes. You know, like we don't have any reasoning or thought that goes behind 
everything that's programmed into our mind from about the ages of zero to seven. All of our beliefs about our potential were instilled in us by our caregivers, our parents, whoever raised you, the people you were around, so your peers, your teachers, and any influential people in your life during this time. So when we're forming these beliefs, they actually come from the experience that we're having and the physical sensations of these experiences in our body. So mentally programmed beliefs are stored in the subconscious mind and operate automatically. Through repetition, a mental program is actually created in the subconscious mind of all these beliefs. These are not good or bad, but they simply just are. Some things help us, some things hinder us. I think as children, when we are growing up and, you know, we have so many people around us, adults telling us what's good and bad, like slapping our hand, telling us that's bad, saying this is good, this is bad. And we just immediately start labeling, right? But really nothing is good or bad. But once they are embedded in the subconscious mind, they operate the same as the thermostat. So essentially by the age seven, you have set your own thermostat in your brain and your mind and your body even. And so this is essentially what is now controlling 95% of your life today. I don't care if you're listening and you're 44, you're 58, you're 78. It doesn't matter. Everything that is running your life in the background is subconsciously was programmed at a very early age. So I always like to give examples of this. So maybe you can have a mental picture, a visual. And of course, I'm just going to give my own examples because I'm the only one on here. And I always want to share stuff in real time and be real and authentic. So let's say you are like me and you're 32 years old and you just became aware of the hindrance your mind has had on your life. I actually kind of realized this about a couple years ago, but you know, constant journey, constant work all the time. So you realize the programming or the setting of your thermostat if you will, you want to change it. You've recognized, I don't like the setting that my thermostat has been set on. I want to change the setting of that thermostat. You're tired of certain ways that your life is going. And one of these that I openly talk about, I've had a couple podcast episodes on them and I talk about it in multiple episodes. So for me, I am really trying to work on my deservingness of abundance. I want abundance in my life so bad. I feel like who I am at my core is like a rich, successful, abundant woman with a lot of impact on the world. And when I say rich, successful, that just means, you know, freedom and having the ability to choose, the freedom to choose anything I want to do. I don't mean monetarily rich. I don't mean materialistically rich, but I feel as though I'm meant to be a rich, successful person. And I can't explain it, but that's just always how I felt in my soul and that I had this calling on my life that I knew it was going to be something really big. So P.S. Stay tuned. (laughs) And earlier this year, I started this journey of trying to figure out why I was where I was at at this point in my life. Why at 32 years old did I feel like being abundant or making money, if you will, had become hard for me. So when I 
first started my business and I was online coaching and personal training uh, over seven years ago, it felt very easy. I didn't really think about money and I never worried about it coming in. Honestly, I don't remember money being such a huge topic in the forefront of my mind. Like I, I really don't. I just feel like I had enough. I paid all my bills. I got to travel. I never had a lot and I never had overflow, but I was like, eh, I was good. You know, I just never thought about it. But then a lot of life happened. And if you've listened to earlier episodes, you know that my ex and I went through a lot of financial struggle, like a lot. So this is where I really started to question a lot of things. My question about my own life became, did I attract that situation into my life because of the lack programming already in my brain from childhood, only therefore perpetuating it more? Or did that situation cause me to start programming beliefs at around 27, 28 years old into my brain that weren't there before, or maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know. So this went on for years in my late 20s. I always attributed the years to follow the breakup of that relationship and how getting back on my feet financially was so hard because I started developing lack and scarcity mentality and mindset from those years of that relationship when it was a constant struggle. So I think it's been most prominent in my life from that relationship on, if that makes sense. So before that relationship, I never really thought of having lack or scarcity mentality or childhood programming of, you know, lack and worry about money and all the things. But also, I can remember a couple of childhood instances of these same feelings. My mom was always worried about money from apparently even before she had kids, which my grandmother told me, and then she had kids, and then she was a stay-at-home mom. Um, My grandma even did tell me, I'm pretty sure we had to go at one point buy food stamps to get food. Um, I have to corroborate that that, um, story, but... I want to say, she told me one time my mom did have to go take some, I don't think we were all four born yet, but we had to go and sit somewhere to get money to go be able to buy food. And then she also told me that one of our cars was repossessed in my early years. So I can only imagine the things that I was witnessing that I don't remember from the ages of zero to seven or how my mom was reacting and the behaviors I saw that caused that physical sensation in me from those experiences, right? Remember, that's how, you know, our subconscious mind does get programmed was that you witness something, you have a physical sensation about it, and then you start to label those things. So if I was seeing my parents constantly fight, worry, talk about not having enough money, these things were being programmed into my subconscious mind that, quote, this is how money works. It's stressful. You fight about it. There's never enough. We always just have barely enough. So that's kind of how I was apparently, you know, associating with money. So how does this all add up and line up here? I saw and witnessed constant stress and worry around money. My dad was an entrepreneur, so I'm sure money was not consistent. Maybe it haphazardly came in and we never knew when it was going to come in that we always just had enough. 
And guess what? These were all the things I was witnessing and seeing in this relationship and in my late 20s and you know early 30s up until now. This is definitely the biggest battle I've had with my subconscious so far. Um, I just got to be honest, but hopefully you can see that correlation here. You know, we didn't grow up super rich and, you know, never having to worry about money. So I think people that do have that are more inclined to not have those subconscious limiting beliefs that there's never enough money. If there's always enough money growing up, you probably don't have that feeling right now, right? So this could be related to literally so many things. I'm just trying to give you an example of what the biggest thing going on with my subconscious right now in my current life. So I felt like no matter what I was doing, I was still drawing those experiences into my reality that was programmed into my subconscious. So this will continue to happen if you do not actively try to change it, which is where I came up against in January 2022 when I really saw the disconnect. When I was like, I want to figure this out. I don't want to be in this position of my life. I don't want to be in this position for the rest of my life. So what the heck do I need to do right now to change it? I am willing. I am open. I will do literally anything. So maybe this is different for you. Maybe, and I'm just throwing out some examples here, maybe you could remember a specific memory when a teacher told you, you have the lowest grades in class. When you heard those words, it created a physical sensation in your body. You remember what you were wearing, you remember the weather outside, you remember exactly what the classroom looked like. Usually a pivotal memory like that, you could remember all the details. And I feel like that's when you know that that memory is very important and prominent in your life. When you can remember so many details, I feel like there is a reason for that. But maybe you didn't hear just you have the lowest grades, right? Because that could mean anything. Like anyone could take that. But for instance, you heard when a teacher, an adult looks at you and tells you that you hear you are a failure or you are dumb. Or maybe it wasn't something directly towards you and you saw your parents have a very bad relationship. Maybe you saw them fight, you saw them argue and yell, but you knew that they loved each other because as kids, we are told that mommy and daddy love each other. They get married, they have babies, they had you, you know, that's where you come from. So now you associate love with these behaviors. You didn't know at the age of five what constituted right or wrong for love, right? You saw actions. They said that they loved each other. This must be love. And now all of your relationships seemed to have gone this way for you subconsciously. And you're confused because this is how you perceive love. The exact way that you witnessed that got programmed into your mind and into your beliefs. So I'm going to give you some actionables, okay? So right now, maybe you need to take out a pen and paper and start to recognize the thoughts going on in your head, the most common thoughts that you have about yourself or where you are in your life. These are called your core beliefs. A core belief often starts with I or I am, kind of like I am statements. These can either be negative or positive, but for this example, obviously we're trying to rewrite our subconscious from negative to positive, so I'm only going to be focusing and saying negative ones um, and the ones that are not 
working for us. So here are some examples of some negative core beliefs that you may have said one of these, all of these. So here are a couple of examples. I am not good enough, a failure, a loser, and incompetent. Everyone is better than me. I will never succeed. I am bad. I don't deserve anything. Everything I do is wrong. I am unlovable, undesirable, unattractive, or I'm ugly. Everything is my fault. I never get it right. I will be hurt if I get close to someone. People cannot be trusted. There is no point in life. The world is unfair. So maybe you think one or some of these on a regular basis. So PSA. It's not your fault you have these negative core beliefs. They exist because something or someone made you believe so. Most of us think we are destined to be the way we are for the rest of our lives when in fact we are choosing to live like this by not choosing our thoughts. So let me repeat that. We are choosing to live like this by not consciously, intentionally choosing our thoughts. We choose our thoughts, no one else. So you may be thinking, well, I wouldn't put myself in this situation or I would have never chosen this for myself, but you are actually attracting things to you from your core subconscious beliefs that are running 95% of your life. So there's only about 5% that you have had or have control over. So now let's work on recognizing our core beliefs, right? So maybe your interest is peaked and you're like, huh, I don't know. I've never thought about having negative core beliefs. I don't know what my beliefs are about myself or why I am where I am or where I live or what job I have or what relationship I have or the car I drive, right? So let's start to strip this away and start to peel back the layers and get down to these core beliefs. So to find our core beliefs, we must be aware of what upsets us or what triggers us. Whenever we get upset at something, we have an opportunity to find out what is hidden in our subconscious mind. This is the main way that you pinpoint your subconscious limiting beliefs, your core beliefs about yourself. So pretty much when you find yourself getting upset, do these two things. Notice what is upsetting you, pause for a couple of moments and begin questioning the reasons that you are upset. Why did this make you upset? From there, you can start to purposefully change your subconscious mind around it. So going back to my example, like I said, the thermostat example really, really helps me. For I really just started recently doing this and I'm like, dang it, why have I not done this you know, earlier or before. But what I've been doing recently is like in my mind, I legit literally picture myself by a wall, by a thermostat, and I'm setting the thermostat to what I want it to be. Even though it might not be true right now, I'm setting it to what I want it to be so that anything that alters it, that starts to send a signal to it, that it's changing the temperature, it will automatically try to go back to the setting, if that makes sense. So my new setting, like, so the what I set my thermostat on in my mind, um, and this really helps me, again, it's just really good visual that I think quickly works. Like it really gets to the point very fast. So this is what I would say that my thermostat has been set on most 
of my life. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea when it came into play, how long it's been there, how deep it is, how intense it is. But if I sat down with my subconscious beliefs and I really wrote down, you know, most of the thoughts that I have, most of the feelings that I have, um, this is what I would say about what my thermostat is set on. So this is what I wrote down. I only have just enough money to get by. Money comes haphazardly. I don't feel safe when it comes to money. I'm bad with money. I can make it, but I can't keep it. So this is when I recognize that this has really played out throughout my entire life. So I want to change that. I want to change those subconscious beliefs. I don't want to think like that. That's the thing is, you know, you don't want to think like this. You don't want to have these behaviors and these habits that are running 95% of your life, right? And I wouldn't choose to have this, but I'm choosing now to change them. So when I sat down and wrote the complete opposite and what I, you know, quote, have my thermostat set at now in my imagination or in my visuals when I do them, this is what I set my thermostat to that anytime, again, any thought, any feeling, any negative pattern, anything I do out of lack, I immediately just think of my thermostat and I'm like, nope, that's going right back to the setting. It's not going to get too hot. It's not going to get too cold and we're turning it back, right? So this is what I put as the opposite. I always have more than enough money. Money comes consistently to me. I feel safe and supported by money. I am so smart with money. I always have overflow. So you see what I have to do there? Like anytime I am triggered by a money situation, I immediately recognize the subconscious belief and I immediately say something else. So I've gotten better at this over time, but you know, a small trigger in the past used to would have affected me for a whole day, even a couple of days. But with practice, I've been able to shift that thought and feeling within, uh, you know, a couple of minutes. So instead of collapsing every time I got upset about something with money, um, I I would stay still with that emotion and then I would ask myself a few questions to reach that core belief, you know, kind of holding me back, turning, you know, going back to my my thermostat. So this is what I would ask and I'll put this little exercise in the show notes. Maybe you can do it too. So I would ask, why is this upsetting me? And then I, it, the answer was usually because I don't feel worthy of abundance and ask again, why don't I feel worthy of abundance? And answer, because I am in this certain situation, blank, whatever I, I was in and ask again, why am I in this situation? Answer, because I am dumb. Ask again, why am I dumb? Answer, because I am a failure and I'm not good enough. So you see how you can like get down to the root cause and the root emotion and the root feeling. So this is where you have to go, where did I pick up this belief of I am a failure and I am not good enough? Like where did that come from? That's the core belief, digging its claws. And I know I say that a lot, like digging its claws into every area of your life, no matter what it is. So maybe now you are aware of something you want to change. Maybe you recognize bad habits or bad thought patterns that may be keeping you perpetually stuck in a situation you want to change. So how do we do this? First of all, I do need to tell you a little (laughs) little, uh, disclaimer. Your subconscious mind causes you to feel emotionally and physically uncomfortable whenever you attempt to do anything new or different, or if you're trying to change any of your established patterns of behavior. If you start to sense fear, or discomfort, that's a good sign. That's a sign that your subconscious has now been activated in this area, but it's been working to establish those behavior patterns in the background long before you'll ever notice 
these feelings. So this is why habits can be so hard to break. But it is possible with emotional intensity and repetition, meaning you have to start consciously focusing on it with intention, not haphazardly, not when you just want to. You can feel your subconscious pulling you back towards your comfort zone each time you try something new. So at the beginning, this will be a little bit difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's it's out of your comfort zone. It's your subconscious. You know, your subconscious is actually meant to protect you. It's trying to protect you all of your life because it kept you safe for this long. It's put you in this little comfort and anytime you try to step away from that comfort, it's going to try to pull you back. You know, it doesn't know that what is established is bad or it's ruining your life. Like it it doesn't (laughs) know that. It's just what it's been programmed at, you know, and what you witnessed and what you saw and experienced and everything in there is compiled of all the years that you've lived and now you're trying to change all that. It's not overnight. It's not a week. It's not a month. It may be a couple months, but to really start to see long-lasting effects, you have to keep with it for a very long time. So I always like to say, nothing is ever hard. It's just always new, right? Nothing is ever hard. It's just new. So when you start anything new, it seems hard because it's not in your wheelhouse. It's out of the realm of what you have been doing. But you'll look back two months later and be like, why did I think that was so hard? I have it down so easily now. So just as you're starting a new, you know, you're going back to school, or you're going to college, or you're starting a new degree, or you're, you know, you're starting a new something like at the beginning, it's always difficult. But you know, you look back and and you're like in the job or you're graduating from college and you're like, that was a piece of cake. So think of it like that. Even thinking about doing something different from what you are accustomed to or what your subconscious knows will make you feel tense and make you feel uneasy. So just forewarning you, this is not supposed to be easy. It's just supposed to be worth it. This is why forming new habits that will help you reach your goals may be tough to implement at first, but once they become habit or routine, they will stay in your comfort zone. So that will be your new comfort zone. So in doing so, you've reprogrammed your subconscious to work in your favor. If you have goals you want to reach, habits that seem impossible to break, hopes for a dream job that would change your life, or maybe starting a business or a vision of the future that looks very different from today, it's time to implement these next four steps. So the four-step process to changing your toxic habits, using your conscious mind to program your subconscious mind. So this is how we can do that. So number one, recognize the blocks that are in your way. First, you need to identify what is holding you back from achieving what you want to achieve. What are your limiting thoughts or fears? For example, if you desire to start a business, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about starting a business? Maybe um, it'll take too much money. It will fail. Who's going to buy from me? I've seen my dad fail before and it impacted our family. What if that happens to me, right? Maybe you thought these things, like all of these thoughts are what you imagine to be true, but they aren't necessarily true. Your unconscious mind has been programmed to respond that way and your conscious choices follow that. So these blocks can also be physical. So maybe you want to lose weight, but you um, sleep through your alarm and you snooze for an hour every morning instead of actually getting up and going to the gym or and you know, the 30 minutes on your lunch break where you could have gone to the gym, you're mindlessly scrolling through social media, right? So there is a subconscious limiting core belief that you have about losing weight, that your conscious actions 
are essentially proving that to be true. Think about your goals and your dreams and find out what thoughts, habits, ideas, or barriers are keeping you from achieving them. Then write them down. Very important. Number two, letting go of limiting beliefs. Once you know what your limiting beliefs are, you have to accept them. You have to embrace them and then we have to let them go. Sometimes this requires you to bring pain to the surface, into your conscious mind. I've done it. It sucks. It's not fun, okay? It's like you're, you want to plant a new flower, so you have to dig up the soil and plant new roots and it's not always pretty. But once you face it, you can then release it. I'm not going to sugarcoat this at all. It, it can be painful. It's a valley that you have to go through to get to the other side. If you never face the valley, you will never make it to the mountaintop. You will start to question yourself. You will want to retreat to your old ways, to your comfort zone. You may even experience rock bottoms. I know I have had a big rock bottom and then little mini rock bottoms, right? But this is going to teach you so much about yourself and you will be so glad you went through it because there is so much growth. There is so much beauty and there is so much abundance on the other side. This just takes some conscious effort. And once I started to actually notice the thoughts in my head, it pissed me off a little bit. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I would talk to myself and be like, why the heck am I thinking this? I don't want to think like this. And I started questioning where it could have came from or stemmed from, but that's the important part. If you can pinpoint the point of inception of these negative core beliefs of these limiting thoughts, you can go in and start to change that memory. For example, there is a membership website I've talked about in the past in a couple episodes called To Be Magnetic, tobemagnetic.com. I'll put it in the show notes, but there is an amazing meditation in there. It's 35 minutes. Um, I typically like to do it on a walk. I know that's not really how you're supposed to meditate, but that seems to work the best for me because I like to actually really think about it and I'm actually like saying out loud what's going on when she does this. So it's a guided meditation, what she does is she takes you through your whole entire life from utero to being birthed to infancy to preschool to kindergarten all the way up until um, I think it kind of ends like around 26, but then you bring your magnetic self to your current age now. So you can do it at any age. But what's so amazing and it's kind of weird and funny, she makes you go through your entire experience how you would want to go through it. Like not what actually happened and and everything, but she allows you to be like, how would you have been birthed? Like for your most magnetic highest self, how would that experience have gone? What would your experience have been like as an infant? What did your parents give you that you needed? And you really create this entire new story for your life. And I swear it freaking works. Like I just go in and I say, my life is totally different. Like I imagine my mom and dad like being these like very healthy, balanced, emotionally stable parents who birthed me with like, you know, grace and like it was on purpose and they wanted me and they gave me everything I needed physically, emotionally. You know, I even picture, you know, it makes you picture like 
what your room looks like, what your house looked like, what the school you went to looked like, your peers, your teachers, how you got to express your creativity. And I literally just think a whole new story for my life. But the cool part about that is your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what you're telling it and what is actually true. So if I'm doing this meditation and I'm saying, yeah, you know, my parents were super emotionally stable. They taught me all the emotional needs that I needed. Um, I was super confident. You know, I, I lived by the beach. I went to a school that was open and had palm trees and I got amazing grades and I got to express my creativity. Like I'm telling myself this out loud as I'm walking and my subconscious doesn't know that it's not true. Like it doesn't know that it didn't happen. If I'm telling myself that and I believe it, it literally can be stored as a memory. So I just think that's that's amazing. I think it's it's cool. I try to do it every single day, especially right now as I'm trying to change subconscious beliefs. But I love that meditation. It's called childhood reinforcement. And so that's that can really be like the foundation of any any subconscious belief that you want to change. So in my mind, when I'm in that meditation, I have a whole new experience than what I actually experienced. So I think that's super cool. Number three, set up the intention with your conscious mind. So now it's time to unleash the power of positive thinking and reprogram your subconscious. Your conscious thoughts and actions can reprogram your subconscious mind very quickly. Like a positive message or a positive thoughts can reprogram how you feel. They can heal trauma. They can change habits. Imagine having a whole new thought process about the bad thought you constantly feel. Like imagine never thinking about it again, or imagine never thinking about it in a negative way, but only in a positive way. So use your conscious mind to set an expectation of what will happen in your life. For example, Example, when you recognize a trigger, say to yourself, even though I've done this in the past, I no longer do it now. This is not how I conduct my life anymore. It's okay to accept it that you've done it in the past, but you don't keep saying, I hate that I do this. I hate that I do this. I hate that I do this. You say, I don't do this anymore. I, this is not, this is no longer how I do it. You know, I picture myself again, going back to the thermostat example of changing the thermostat back to what I set it on. So the new thoughts and habits I want to automatically fire in my mind, like say a money situation came up and I no longer had that negative subconscious worry, fear around it. Like that would feel so good. Like when the day that I experience that all of my new subconscious beliefs are now my automatic program, like that's going to feel so freaking good to be like, I'm safe around money. I'm supported by money. I always have more than enough. I have overflow. I'm rich. I'm confident. I'm successful. I'm abundant. That's going to feel so good. But until then, I have to work at it every single day to try to make that my automatic belief and program and thoughts. Your subconscious mind will listen just as it has listened to all of the other input it has ever received. So over time, your subconscious mind has no other choice but to do what you are saying, like to follow what you are saying. So it is no longer interested in the old habits because it has found a new habit. So one of the keys to this is really visualizing what you want to happen. I always say it's even uh, on my screensaver on my phone, be in your imagination as much as possible. Be in your imagination as much as possible because like that's where you want to be, right? That's where you're the happiest. If you can escape reality and go into your imagination and just have a whole new life, that can eventually become your reality. So maybe having to go to a default way that you will react to your triggers. So you can use positive affirmations, you can 
stop and do breath work, which is really powerful. You can stop and imagine yourself in a whole different scenario. So pick one of those and use it whenever you need to. Lastly, let your subconscious mind take over. The point is to eventually allow your subconscious to relax and let your subconscious take over. You know, we can't just constantly be consciously trying to change our subconscious. You know, every once in a while, we have to let our conscious mind, you know, the one that's running and making all all these decisions just to relax. So once you have given your subconscious the other way to respond, it will assume that that is the way it should respond. And this takes, again, emotional intensity, repetition. You got to do this over and over and over and over and over and over. I'm not talking five times. I'm talking five times a minute if you have to. So pretty soon you will have completely new beliefs about your relationships, about your career, about your business, your money. You are not doomed. You are not, quote, the way you are and cannot change. You can change, but it starts with you. It starts from within you and you don't need anything else other than your awareness that you want to change and that you can change. So the goal for all of this if we're going to use my simple kindergarten terms (laughs) that I'd like to talk in, set a new thermostat setting. Start to notice any time a thought or feeling does not align with that new setting. Have a plan of attack on those negative thoughts. Again, I just imagine myself literally changing my thermostat back to like, nope, we aren't thinking that way anymore. We're not going there. We're going back to the setting that I programmed it at. Do this every single day until you no longer recognize that it's a problem. You may have to do this in multiple areas of your life, but once you got one nailed down, you can maybe move on to another. There are a couple books that I definitely recommend for this, and I'm going to link them in the show notes, but one is called The Power of Positive Thinking and The Power of Positive Living, and these are both by Norman Vincent Peale. I will link them in the show notes. They are amazing, great reads. I actually listened to both of them on audiobook, which I never do, but I thought it was really helpful. I probably will buy the books too, but I have listened to them. They are amazing. Highly, highly suggest, and if you have heard of anyone successful or you know they recommended a book guaranteed any successful person has read these books so thank you for listening to this episode how to break toxic habits for good i hope you got a lot of good information on it i know sometimes i again talk in kindergarten (laughs) analogies but that works for me i hope it's working for you as always just reach out if you have any questions i'll link all the ways to connect with me in the show notes and i'm looking forward to finishing out this month with all of the other stories that we're going to be talking about with other women out there. So I will talk to you later and have a great week. Bye guys. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.